York County is so much more than just a stop for gas on I-8. 17 County is filled with unique individuals with unique stories just waiting to be told. Welcome to the 17 County Podcast with your host, Emily Perry. This is 17 County Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen. This helps our podcast grow, and we thank you for your continued support. We would also like to take the time to thank our York County Development Corporation members, AgriProducts, Cornerstone Bank, Nebraska Public Power District, and Central Valley Ag. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to focus on the growth and development of York County here at the YCDC. So thank you. Let's get to the podcast. Let's say this for now. Everything in life is powered by connection, and connection is Ginger's jam. It's the art, science, and energy that makes the world go round. She works with great leaders, teams, and organizations to do their best work by tapping into the incredible possibilities meaningful connections create. If you want to learn more about her, she invites you to visit gingerjohnson.com. And if you're really curious, you'll likely Google her anyways, and you will find her TED Talk, book, events and programs, YouTube channel, and various and sundry other information, all promoting and teaching human connection. For now, she thanks you for your time and attention. So let's get to it. Hi, Ginger. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, I'm assuming, very busy schedule to come and talk with me. Emily, it's always great to see you and we're we're aiming for production, not busy, right? So this is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess just to start off, let's get a little bit of background. Who are you? What do you do? Well, you might have seen me at the post office. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Unless you live in Missoula, Montana, and I do go to the post office, legit, my picture's not on the board. Who am I? I, My name is Ginger, and I am focused on helping connect the world, Emily, by the modalities of speaking, workshops, professional development, executive training, those kinds of dinner parties, those kinds of events that bring us together so that we can go and grow. Absolutely. Which is so important. And at least for me, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that feel the same way that I do, but connections really intimidating until you know some of the key components of how to make that first initial connection with somebody. So how do you encourage people to kind of step out of that comfort zone and really make meaningful connection instead of just, you know, that surface level? Mm. Well, it's interesting you find it intimidating. I appreciate your honesty as is your style. So if we think about connection, Emily, as simply a conversation, not just, it's simple, just dismisses, simple opens a door, says, I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to see who's willing to engage, get rid of any guilt or pressure or shoulds or have tos. And you've got a copy of the connectivity canon that's in there, the shoulds and have tos. Like, let's throw those out. Oh, I should connect or I have to go to this networking event or I should meet norm people or, or all this stuff. Like, that's a big weight, Emily. And so often that's what can be in our minds about, well, I'm not sure how to do this. So then we stop. We don't do it. And we might feel whatever we feel about it. Simply start with a conversation, make a first move, as I outline in in the framework, in the canon, and in my work is, you're right, it's no matter who you are, it can feel perhaps slightly awkward, or maybe just a little out of what we would think is our everyday life. However, it's a muscle. So the more we do it, 
the better we get at it. And it's not about failing. And this glamorization of the word failure is, is dangerous. Get rid of that too, please. <laughs> we really want to focus on what is possible. What is going on for that person? Open with a, a safe, pleasant question. And these are not the weather. These are not sports. These are not the the what I would call the mundanities of, of life, which are certainly relevant in certain circumstances, Emily, as you and I both know, especially think about the great state of Nebraska. There's so much agriculture. Weather's legit. It, it is sometimes just kind of a the wrong lily pad to jump onto. So if you feel like connecting, not networking, these are different. If you feel like connecting is hard for some reason, pause, take some nice deep breaths and think to yourself, I'm going to start a conversation and I bet that person has a story they'd love to share. Yeah, absolutely. And you made a really interesting statement there. So networking and connecting are different. Can you explain Very. that? Yes, I can. And I'd love to. Thanks for Perfect. asking. <laughs> when we think of connecting, Emily, think of it as H to H, human to human. So put your hand on your heart right now. And it, as you're listening, my dear listener, put your hand on your heart. That heartbeat is our personal connection to self. This is not anything far out or weird. This is simply the reality of that That heartbeat is beating for us. That blood is connecting us to our body. Well, we take that one step out, a ripple out, like what is the heartbeat of somebody else? We are so much more alike than we are different, Emily, so much. And it's not about everybody being like-minded. I, I can't stand that phrase. What we want is like-valued. Because when we think about how do we connect, how do we open a conversation, how do we do the stuff that this crazy ginger is saying? Well, focus on the fact that it is true that most of us share many values. What do we value in our life, Emily? We value safe and clean water. We value neighborhoods. We value feeling seen, valued, and heard ourselves. So if we start with connecting instead of networking, we're going to do that. The difference between the two to me, very, very simply, is that connection is really focused on one at a time, human to human, quality, not quantity. Networking is a great word when you look it up in the dictionary. It's to build your social capital. It really became in vogue in the most recent iteration in like the late 1800s. Well, it's been convoluted, sadly, and it's been kind of raked over so many coals that now it feels very shallow, um, which is unfortunate. But think about connection anyway, because... Emily, when I walk into rooms and I ask people, who in here loves networking? A few hands go up and I ask those hands because a lot of them still stay down because of the connotation, unfortunately. But the hands that say, I'm like, well, what do you like about it? And they say, oh, I love connecting. Well, then call it what it is. Mm -hmm. like, it's, yeah. it's human connection. You wouldn't call a hamburger a hot dog. They're, they're both on a bun, but you know, call it what it is. So get really clear the human to human connection with the depth and a meaning and a purpose, just like YCDC, like this great 17 counties, like we're all interconnected. And, and we look at that, we rely on each other sometimes for life and death matters, often for thankfully not life and death matters, but matters that still matter. Networking tends to be more surface level, more push your card, the the quality, the quantity rather like, oh, I gotta, I have to go and meet this or I have to tell five people about myself. No, no, no. Being a connector, being in the connector's mindset is being interested, not worried about being interesting. So to your first question, if you're if you're feeling like it's a scary zone, then focus on finding out what's interesting about the other person. Focus on being interested in being them. Our English teachers thank us for being using the the gerund and all those <laughs> <laughs> right. terms appropriately. So 
alleviate your pressure. You're, you you mentioned the the comfort zone. Think of comfort zone as a as a trap. Think of comfort zone as a place you don't want to be. The Bermuda Triangle is how I often think about it. There's no growth in there, Emily. If we only stay connected with people we already know, oh man, that's a bummer. And it's a bummer in so many ways. We miss so much of life. For oh, well, I could go on and on. And one really small example of this is: I remember when I was in my uh, well earlier in my life, <laughs> and I was going on a trip. And I told all my friends this was still in the era of actual cameras and film. I told my friends I was going on a trip, so I went on the trip. I took a bunch of pictures with my friend Francis, who I was staying with in California. And I came back, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you got your pictures." And those days, you know, you waited a few days for your pictures. So I got the pictures back and I brought them to work. I'm like, yeah, this is us. And, blah, blah, blah. and they, they pointed to my friend Francis, like, who's the old woman? I'm like, that's Francis. What the heck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and it was a big like, oh, oh. And, and I thought to myself, boy, it'd be boring if I only hung out with people like myself. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. it's mono. It's not diversity. It's monoversity. If that's even a word, it's, it's not connection. It's, it's self-imposed restriction. That's that's not connecting. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that brings up so many questions for me. <laughs> oh, We've only got six hours, folks. I so. know. <laughs> oh man, but I mean, you hear about networking, unfortunately, and even connection to an extent. But why is it so important? You know, why do we crave that interaction and actual connection instead of just a simple, you know? wave and pass by. Right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Why do we crave human connection? Because the, the very simple answer is we all want to belong, Emily. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel part of something. And that, and that part of something, again, it starts with our own heartbeat, our own self. I teach a, a model called the three three ripples, and there's a self-team community. And I use it in lots of different ways. But this, this example for your question, if you think yourself as the center of a ripple, model. You know, there's there's the dot of you and then there's a couple ripples out and there's probably more ripples than that. And we want to belong. And the first person we need to feel really loving, respectful and and belonging with is ourself. There's so much angst sometimes. There's there's a lot of ooh, Emily, there's a lot of people struggling with just being their amazing self exactly how they are. And I want to give everybody who's listening and then share this with anybody you know, like if you're struggling with that, know that you're amazing just how you are. To be connected with yourself is to do everybody else a service too, but you've got to start with yourself first. There's no martyrdom. There's no saving the child from the train. If we don't take care of ourselves first, if we don't feel that self-connection, it's so critical that we know that science shows that, research shows that, isolation, disconnect are killers, literally. Yes. So. And and again, it's not a volume game. Maybe you have one great friend. Maybe you have five. Maybe you have 50. Well, it's up to you to decide. Start with yourself first because that sense of belonging, that feeling of of peace, sleeping well at night, taking care of yourself, everything we want to live our best lives goes up when we focus on that sense of belonging. Maybe you've seen some of the articles out lately, Emily, about how – there's a shift in the conversation from diversity and inclusion to diversity and belonging. Mm-hmm. I am so thrilled to see that because that's what I've been teaching for years. It's, it, you know, why connection to your question? Why why connection and why does it matter? Why is it important? It's important because without a feeling of belonging, we are adrift. We are not meant to be a solo species. And I'm not talking about what you vert status to yourself. Like that that's irrelevant in the connection world. 
that's that's more of a manifestation of how you choose to move about in the world. I'm not invalidating it, but I'm I'm saying you can't use that as an excuse. So it's it's that deep sense of belonging because belonging then fuels everything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think going off your point of it being kind of a muscle that you have to stretch. Yes. The more connecting yes. and human interaction and real deep, you know, yes. sense of belonging there is, the easier it gets. And that that yes. definitely makes sense. And I think both on your personal life and in your professional life and beyond, it's really important to notice that, to yes. accept it and to yes. encourage both your employees and, you know, coworkers, whatever the case may be, to really tap into that. Yes, you're you're a hundred percent right on, Emily. There is there is a deep craving we have as a species. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of social species. Every species is social at some way, shape, or form. Whether they just come together to mate and then leave, whether they stay together for life, whether they travel in packs, or or they're they're highly like like humans. It's this deep seated intrinsic need to be together and to feel that belonging. It's not just the safety of the tribe. It is, it is the, the joy. It is the fun. It is the pleasure. It's the heartache. And something you said just a moment ago about you know, when we, when we basically, when we feel like we don't belong, we have that loneliness. And not only is that a killer, but when we have the belonging, that stuff is at bay and the sticky gets better because with the depth of a relationship grows respect conversations. It's like what I call the Harner principle. One of my, another great client partner of mine in Nebraska and Lincoln, I call it the Harner principle named after her. And she says, you need to have the conversations you know you need to have that you're not having. When you feel more connected, meaning that you feel like there's a strong enough tie that you've invested, that you've intentionally grown the relationship and you've worked your way through some of the great, some of the crud and everything in between, then you are not just more likely to have the sticky conversations when it needs to be had, you're more likely to bring it up so that you have it. I mean, think about economic development. This is something that not everybody wants. Yeah. And so let's make sure that we're leading with the connector's mindset, the positive, objective, and willing. Because if we do that, we're willing to go deeper. It is an unfamiliar pool for most of us. I mean, it's an unfamiliar pool for all of us once we start a new relationship. And even we get to different thresholds and different relationships. We need to reflect on that and trust and also be willing to set intentions and have these conversations so that we can progress as productive people. It, it's not about the project or the thing. It's about the relationships to have the discussions, to have the conversations that reveal the connections that build belonging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. And I know from hearing you speak that another thing that you're really, really um, encouraging of is finding your why. Why are you doing this? Why is it important? You know, what's the point? If you if you don't fully believe in this and you're not committed, then why are you doing it? Mm, yeah, you're a parent. You know what the favorite question is. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Yes. Every room knows this. It doesn't matter if you have human children or not. What's a toddler's favorite question? It's why. Mm -hmm. It's such a great question. Why? You're right, Emily. I, I do work, especially when I do deeper work with leaders, teams, um, C-suite, executive groups, directors. People want to feel like what they're doing matters. Like That's not a small thing. That's a big thing. 
And so we do dive deep into the why. Uh, your friend and mine, truly, Lisa Hurley, I mean, we got to know each other in a coaching relationship. She saw me speak at her Rotary Club. She leaned in and asked, and I coach? And we we got into it. And that was the first part we got into. And if we don't examine the purpose of our why, if we're not sure, then please, I invite everybody to do that work. Is it hard? Yes. Will it clarify everything? Yes, it will. (laughs) Because it's not just what do I want to do? It's also what I can keep out of my life. And this includes relationships, everyone. It doesn't matter if you are tied by blood or a, a license of some sort or anything like that. Like All relationships are on the block for development. So the belonging, the need, the craving, the desire, as well as to reciprocate. One thing, Emily, that I'm really finding that people want to learn more about is how to accept connection. It, 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 it almost feels weird. It's like, I want to give you this blizzard. Will you take it? And you're like, well, yeah. Well, if we think of that blizzard as a, as a relationship, why do we hesitate? And there's all kinds of reasons for that. But it, it, it's, it's just, it's, I'm busy for decades. So like, that's, it's such a fascinating thing to tap into this crazy species we are. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just so, there's so many layers. There's just yes. so much that you can pull back on. And yes, I mean, and that's why your why. Yeah. That's why the why, the why is multi-layered and it's deeply layered, Emily. So if you haven't done that kind of work, like why am I doing what I'm doing? It's not to provide a living. It's not to be a good human. Everybody strives for that. So get past the everyday common layers and get into like what fundamentally drives you. I, I know what that is for me. And I know that's why I feel like I'm credible to teach this. It's not my ego speaking. I really wanted to examine, well, is this is this something that is a good move for me to teach? And will I be a good teacher of it? It's not imposter syndrome. It's making sure that I'm going to invest my life in something that matters and that I can understand. I know like there's many people like me who knows what it feels like to be in a group where you belong, like YCDC. I live in a different state. I absolutely feel like I belong. I keep coming back to Nebraska. I keep getting to come back to Nebraska and be part of y'all. And, and there's there's a real sense of belonging. I love it. I can't shut up about Nebraska. Awesome. And also, yeah, it is. I love that. And, and I also know what it feels very viscerally, very, um, very intensely to feel not just not belonging, but also to feel uninvited. Like those are extremely painful where all the the crud comes flooding in. Nobody wants that. And so there, there's, a, there's a yin to every yang. There's a teeter to every totter. And so I tap into that part of me of what have my experiences been where I have distinctly been unwelcome, unwanted. I did not belong. And it's not because it was my choosing. That's hard. And right. so the power of connection is belonging. And I'm so glad to see this conversation just exploding. It's so so critical that we see because a simple way to think about inclusion and belonging is just because we have diversity doesn't mean you're in belonging if you're checking the inclusion box. But if you foster a culture, wherever that is, family, work, altruistic, everything, everything is all the same thing. If you foster a culture of belonging, then you will include. I like that. I like that a lot. And I actually went to a conference not too long ago and they were talking about how to engage, you know, the younger generation. And he broke it down into some really simple steps and was like, people just want to be seen, heard, and 
I mean, they, they want to act like what they say matters. And I'm like, that's not a generation thing. That's a everyone. Exactly. Every generation is talking about every other generation like that. Emily, I'm so glad you said that. Thank you for going on record with that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, more people. Exactly. We're always going to be more alike than we are different. Yes, of course, there's going to be different native technologies, whether it's smoke signals or a cell phone. There's, there's going to be differences in geography. There always have been. So like, don't focus on what's different. Focus on what's common. Oof. Yes. Mm. Powerful. Some power. So let's tap into your kind of coaching hat here. Let's say somebody is listening and they're like, oh my goodness, I just thought about my why and I'm lost. I don't like my job or I'm in this relationship that's really not not good for me or whatever the case may be. What's the first step? What do you do? You know, I know it's different for everybody to an extent, but yes. And there are a couple of tools that I would recommend that are completely youable, so to speak. You can, you can make them a hundred percent for you. One tool I love to teach is you, Y-O-U, your org chart. An organizational chart commonly maps out an organization. That's why it's called an organizational chart. And it, it maps out the hierarchy. I love to do this exercise, Emily, because you put yourself at the top, you drop a line underneath your name, and then you put a T, an upside down T, and, and you think about, well, who do I want to be? It's not what do I want to do first, y'all. Please hear this. If you do some sort of org chart, and I can send a, a document or or a short video if you like, uh, Emily, to include with the show notes. This this exercise of thinking, who do I want to be, is very powerful because if we are like you and Lisa and so many great people at YCDC and in the 17 county area, like yeah, I love this. I love this because this brings me purpose. This helps me fulfill who I am as a person. This is critical stuff. This is not ethereal. This is not ancillary or extra. This is called being a good human knowing what the heck you want out of life and doing the best you can out of it. It's very humble. It's very simple. So dropping that down and deciding, well, who do I want to be? What are, what are the things that I would put underneath that org chart? I can, I do that with myself. I did it years ago. A client taught me about it. Like, this is, this is so simple. It's brilliant. I love it. My first few iterations looked like John Madden. I'm over here and I'm over here and I want to be this and I want to do that. And I love this and I don't love this. And, and it's this free form um, brain dump to try to figure out who the heck you want to be. And then once you figure that out, like I want to be a good human. And what does that look like? I'm going to push you, my fair listener, to go beyond the, well, I want to be honest. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Do some serious thinking because we rarely invest our own thinking time so that our being time is really at its best. I, mean, I could, I, maybe we need to have a, do, put a workshop, do an online or another workshop, you know, just keep coming back for more in fabulous York yeah. County. <laughs> think, think about those because once you get the, who you want to be parts in, then you can graduate to, okay, so what would that look like in my endeavors? Uh, how does that impact my volunteerism? How does that impact my board work? How does that impact me being a member of YCDC or anything else I'm a member of? How does that impact the the work I supposedly want to do? What are, and it doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic. Doesn't there's so many things that don't matter. What matters is then how do I use this amazing person who I am to good purpose? Yeah. Wow. At Cornerstone Bank, we are committed to providing you the best in banking products and service. With 46 locations throughout Nebraska, we are dedicated to serve you. Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.
It's hard because it sounds so simple and in some ways, simple. yes, it is, but it is. diving it, inside of yourself is right. pretty hard. Right. And to that point, think about it this way, Emily. I'm, I'm glad you PS'd on that. Work is work. Energy is energy. So you're going to put it forth anyway. So instead of feeling like you're going to be frustrated or you're going to do the same old, same old, that, that, that phrase is a killer, by the way, then pause and say, well, what if I don't want the same old, same old? What if I want something different? What if I want to shift? You're putting the energy into yourself anyway. So why not do it so it's an investment and not a spend? I invite people to do that. And a key, another key piece to that, Emily, to your question is how do we, how do we actually do this? How do we be a good human? How do we be connected and feel our sense of belonging is really examine your relationships. This can get into sticky ground very swiftly for people. One of the biggest gifts of COVID to me is I got crystal freaking clear on the relationships in my life. The great thing is that I had a year or two to think about it because this does, this is a big investment. This is, this is not just an overnight checklist. This is relationship and thinking. And, and that's the hard part that you're alluding to. Yes, it takes definite concentration. It's stuff we often either don't want to think about or feel like we have to have some clear resolution to. That's not life. Mm-hmm. So decide the, the simplest way is who fills you up? Who is positive? who knows you, who loves you, who respects you, who's cheering you on, put a line in the middle of the paper. And on the other side, like, who doesn't? Where do I feel depleted? Who is bringing me down? Who isn't positive? And and there's going to be family on that list. So give yourself permission to say, this is an exercise. I really need to think about who I'm giving my energy to. This is precious. I think energy is our most precious. It's not even a commodity, our most precious resource. We got it. Let's use it for the good. (laughs) Well, we could keep going, but I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> and I think it's really important to realize for any stage in your life, any person, no matter what you're going through, growth is always going to happen. Things are going to yes. change. So you might have to reevaluate every however yes. amount of time, you know, it's not, if you're stagnant, that's not good. You want to be growing. Absolutely. I mean, ask any pond around, right? A little fresh water, yeah. a little moving water. Yes. And and give yourself the grace in the space, as you've probably heard me teach, Emily. Give yourself the grace to and be kind to yourself. Give yourself the space, the time, the actual geographic space. Where where do you like to be where you feel relaxed, calm, that you can think without distraction? This is not an electronic zone. This is the place where you really figure out who you want to be. It's one of the very best banks you can fill. So, so give that to yourself. We're going through life anyway. Like my very good friend, Mike Sansoni, who gave me the uh, dedication in the book, he said, change is coming anyway. So you might as well open up your arms and give it a hug. And if we shift the idea of change and use the word growth, then a lot more people are receptive. The power of our words are, are way bigger than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard you speak on that point. Mm -hmm. Too, I mean, there's mm-hmm. certain words that you should eliminate from your vocabulary because they restrict uh, conversation and relationship building and all of that kind of stuff. Are there keywords that you would say, let's not use those, <laughs> like just strike them from your vocabulary. They're not worth it. Yeah, the, the, the language that we use in different cultures and in ours, American language, I call it American because we're not English. Words by themselves, standing on their own are powerful and they're wonderful. I do have 
a list that people who sign up for my newsletter get. I call it words to use and words to purge. Uh, It's a free gift. You sign up for my newsletter. It's gingerjohnson.com forward slash subscribe. So if you want it, it's a two page. And I try to give some context to this, Emily, too, because I'm not out to vilify any words, even the word networking. It's a fantastic... Actually, I think it's a better noun. To me, it's not the action word. If you think of network as a structure, great. What is the structure of the relationships I have? I think that's really useful. But if we're thinking about connection with people, then don't use the networking word because sadly it's it's convoluted. It's like the word corporate. Corporate inherently is a great word. It means you're incorporated. You are thinking, you are organized, you are, you have a plan. And, and so they're like, I don't like corporate America. Well, first of all, that's too bad because there's some amazing corporations. So it's there's there's different ones. I would I would definitely say the one on that block would be we never need to use the word. I know I just use the word never. But B-U-T, you have one with two T's, use that. Replace your butt with an and. Make it additive. Make it constructive, but dismisses everything that comes before it. And that's a that's a heartbreaker. So that's that's definitely one. Use and, use and, use and, and then use and some more. I learned that years ago from Jack Anderson. I love that his name starts with and. <laughs> from Ace Hardware. And it, that... It literally changed my life, Emily. Oh, and I I hadn't thought about it. I rarely use but because you don't need to. That's true. And I feel like that word helps with hard conversations. Because if you're doing, you know, the positive reinforcement with what to improve on, if you use but, then it just, that positive reinforcement goes out the window. That doesn't matter anymore. Right, right. Like, did nothing I say? Did is this not, is that like, it's so defeating. Disappointment mm-hmm. is another one I would ask people to strike. That's heavy. That's another, that's an expectation, which is another word I would strike. Those are external. If you come to me and say, Ginger, I'm disappointed with this. I'm like, well, that's on you. That's not me. Don't, don't throw the load of bricks on me because you're feeling some way. Let's talk about this. That's why connection. If we're, if we're connected, you can come to me and say, Ginger, I really, I'm really struggling with this thing that maybe I'm doing or whatever. Like, okay, Emily, let's talk about it. Cause the disappointment, the expectation, the, this, this backhanded, uh, I thought you were better person. Like this really, frankly, narcissistically negative language is that's dangerous. That is just dangerous. There's a couple of resources, Fierce Conversations, Radical Candor, which I just was using with uh, Mitch Bartholomew in York County dist- School District Superintendent. He and his team, we've been working with that. It's like, it's a game changer. So pay attention to our language. Crucial Conversations, another phenomenal book, very real, very legit, very useful. So there's a lot of resources out there to think about how we are conversating so that we connect. Yeah. And that's something I feel like you have to be conscious of all the time. Get used to talking a certain certain way. Excuse me. That's how you talk. You know, you don't really think about it until you try to. Yep. Yep. And then the last couple, and we'll move on is uh, I love to teach actually the language of connecting. It's a workshop I love. It's definitely really great for retreats, for sales teams, for execs to really think about how are we leading our lives. And the language of connecting also, there is real specificity in our progress when we when we pay attention to what those things are. So I know I promised you more, but I'll stop. And if people want the list, they can go and get that themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And they're free to reach out to anyone from the York Definitely. County Development Corporation and we can put you into contact. Um, no issue. But yes. we are getting pretty close on time here. But I do want to take a minute to talk about your book. 
because okay. you gifted it to me and your book is amazing. And I oh. will rant and rave about it <laughs> forever because it's eye-opening, honestly. Hmm. I mean, How so? for me, I always have been a self-proclaimed, you know, introvert, have very few deep connections, didn't really think it was that big of a deal. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll talk to you when I pass you and hey, like, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't know how to make those deep connections and I guess didn't realize the importance of them, even if it is someone that you might only meet a couple times in your life. It's yes. still so crucial. And that that was kind of a wake-up call for me. Don't go to these conferences and all these things just to sit in a chair and listen to people talk at you. And I mean, there's right. just so much more of it or more yes. to it than that. Yes. The gift, I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that you're finding it useful. That That's my aim and the goal. As you know, my picture's not in there. It's not about, the book isn't about me. It's about providing actual tangible, here's a tool you can use. One of the gifts of of connecting to me, Emily, and, and not just to me, I'll rephrase that. One of the big gifts of connecting is that if we allow ourselves to understand that connecting is bigger than us, and it still starts with us, then we will start. And the gift of connecting is a self-confirmation. It's to remind ourselves that we are seen, that we are valued, that we are heard. And in return, when we talk with somebody at the bus stop or at that conference or walking down the street or in the coffee shop line, the grocery store, wherever you're at, to acknowledge somebody is deeply respectful. It's dignity Based. It is integrity of, of, of letting somebody know that they exist. And as crazy as that sounds that we need to validate that and remember that, it is fundamentally critical. We, I believe, I know that all of us, Emily, have the solution for this epidemic that happened way before the pandemic of uh, isolation and loneliness. Mm-hmm. American Psychological Association did a big study well before the pandemic. We are all the solution. How do we connect? We see people, we acknowledge them, we give them eye contact. And I said, give on purpose. We say, hello, we wave. And it doesn't matter if they're holding a sign at the at the light stop. It doesn't matter if it's somebody in the bowling alley. It doesn't matter if it's in a cast of thousands, like at a concert, do the good human thing and look at somebody. You don't, you don't owe them anything, so to speak. But what you do want to give them is the gift of being seen. That is belonging. That will change lives. That can save lives. That's powerful. Very, very. And I've I've had a couple conversations with some of my friends and my uh, husband about this connection and how important it is. And I was like, man, until I kind of analyzed it, I never realized how much it meant to me. And I'm sure it means to others that I am important enough for you to take yes. time out of your day to come to me and say hello. I mean, even if it's a simple hello, haven't yes. seen you in a while. I hope yes. things are great. I mean, that's yes. it's powerful. Yes. It is. And it's not time out of your day. We all have 24-7. So let's shift that thinking. We do have the time. We're gonna, we're gonna choose to utilize this fleeting gift of time to acknowledge other humans. I don't know about you, Emily, but I'm gonna take before I take that big ash nap. I want to make sure that I'm as good a human as possible. And that involves seeing people here where I live in Missoula, Montana. There are definitely people at the stoplights. When I lived in Southern Oregon, I really struggled because I felt like I needed to do something or give something. And I realized finally, epiphanously, that what I can do and what I can give is my attention, my respect, and an acknowledgement that is free. It takes two seconds and we humanize so many more people. Yes. 100%. 
Well, let's leave it on that very powerful and moving, <laughs> moving note. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure that this is going to help so many people. I know that having these conversations that are very frank and honest and open are what we need to do. I mean, even if they're hard, they need to be had. So yes. And, and there, there are going to be hard ones. So focus on those and focus on the other side. Like I'm willing to have this. I'm willing to connect. I'm willing to grow. And, and of course we'll keep going. Emily, it is an absolute treat always to get to see you. Thank you for the generous invite. And I can't wait to be in York and the 17 counties again soon. In closing, we would like to once again take the time to thank our members, the people that help us drive change. We would like to thank York State Bank, Henderson State Bank, York General, Mead Lumber Company Incorporated, and York News Times. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Catch you next time.